Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional owners of the land that we make this podcast. And I extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are listening to this episode. Yama. Hello, I'm Raddy Walden, podcaster, writer, TV host, and you might have even heard me talk about sex before. But this is Talking Frank. This podcast is going to cover every nook and cranny of Australia's sex lives, from the headspins of modern dating to unexpected fluids to STI checks. We're going to get frank about it. For this episode, I wanted to talk about dating, from ghosting to online dating and to communication. Come on, let's get frank about it. Joining me in the studio today is not one, but two guests. First up, we have Alex Horrigan. Alex is a content creator, writer, and podcaster, and she's the co-host of the podcast Two Broke Chicks, where they explore life lessons in your 20s. And we're also joined by the lovely Alex Truller. Alex is a certified sex therapist and mental health counsellor. Her practice, The Pleasure Centre, is founded within intersectional feminist and queer theories. Now, guys, we do something uh, very cool on this podcast where we have people from the Talking Frank community send in DMs or questions that they might have. Um, and we've had this one sent in by someone that wants to remain anonymous. But do you guys feel like having a listen and imparting some wisdom? Yeah, let's go. Sure. If at any point you want to jump in, just put your hand up and we'll stop it so we okay. can chat. Okay. Hey, so a couple of weeks back I was talking to this girl I met on a dating app. And I hadn't really been on a dating app before because I know I'm not great at talking to people online and also putting a profile together. It just felt cringe. So anyway, I gave it a go and matched with this girl who I actually had a few mutual friends with. We chatted for about a week and then I asked if she wanted to meet up for coffee. The coffee date was fine, but we're both kind of awkward. Wait, hold on. Is he recording this in a nightclub? (laughs) Can you hear the music in the background? (laughs) Pumping. Pumping. I think that writing a dating app a dating app profile is really awkward. Mm-hmm. But also I don't think there's an art to it. Mm. If you saw someone that you fancied on a dating app and you had mutual friends with them, would you match them? Yes. I think it leads to being a, an awkward encounter if you don't end up staying around. Yeah, because I think if, if there's mutual friends and I saw them, maybe I would just go to Instagram and like follow them there oh. yes. rather than go like the, the, the long way around. dating app way yeah because yeah. I feel like that's easy you're gonna end up there anyway most of the time when mm. you talk to people on a dating app so it's like what's your insta I'm so bad at this app so then you always yeah. like transition I agree and then it just fizzles and dies and then my Instagram becomes a graveyard for all my failed matches from hinge yeah yeah <laughs> it's pathetic the D- the DMs are just conversations gone by yeah yeah well then two months later you get like them reacting with a fire emoji to your mm. story and you're like no back to the graveyard with yeah. you yes. you're like out yes I just matched to say hi. Mm. I'm like, yeah. hey, how you doing on oh, here? Do you know Sharon? <laughs> yeah, how's Sharon? Yeah. Oh my God, she's great, isn't she? I went to school with her. Yeah, but I mean, if they're cute, I will. Mm. Because it's also a point of conversation, right. right? Which I find, and also I think as a woman online dating, there's a sense of safety that comes from having mutual friends and kind of semi-knowing someone. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. So I quite like if I have mutual friends with someone, I'm like, oh, great. This uh, You're not a complete stranger. Yeah. All right, let's see how this turns out. <laughs> and then after the date, she messaged me to say thanks and sent a few more messages back and forth. But then it kind of just fizzled out. And I don't think much of it, but when I saw a mutual friend of ours a few days later, he told me that she's had... I ghosted her. To be fair, 
She didn't send the last message, but I didn't think there was much to reply with. I don't know. Is that a fair call without ghosting? I have so many thoughts when it comes to the word and the activity of ghosting. Mm. I don't think that's ghosting. Nah. I don't think it's ghosting, but I also think the communication could have been better. How so? I think when you're dating, because there's, it's so intentional, right? You've mm. made an arrangement to meet up. You're having back and forth conversation. Something that I think is worthwhile doing is managing the expectations mm-hmm. of your dates and going, this was really fun, but I don't see it going any further. Happy to stay friends or we don't have to stay friends. Like, good luck out there, you know. Yeah. Like it can be one sentence is all it takes to just create closure mm. on that intentional effort that you've made to mm. connect with someone even though it's not going to go any further. Mm. Mm. I do think, though, that in dating there's this weird expectation that you owe someone that you've been on a date with something and it's like if it was a bad date, like he didn't say whether it was good or bad, he just said it was a date. If it was a bit of a nothing burger or a bad date, do I really owe the person anything? Mm. I mean they spoke though. So like did he say that she'd sent the last message she but he didn't things. think yeah. – it was anything worth replying to. Yeah. And it's only been... A couple of days. One, like he said yeah. one date, right? Yeah, and then they spoke yeah. afterwards. So... You're right. He might have been going to circle back the next weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. I think as well, like if you send a message that, you know, doesn't really give the person much to reply to, you kind of also have to think... It takes two to tango, mm. you know, like you can't expect someone to carry the conversation the whole time. Yeah. And like he might have thought by the sounds of it that she wasn't really that keen. It sounded like it fizzled. Mm. I think as well there's maybe a little bit of a timeline that ghosting becomes applicable. If it's like three dates in. Absolutely. Then yeah. it's like I do think even if it is a first date and you're not keen, you should still send a message. I think it's so weird those people that go on a date don't like it and then unmatch and that's it. Oh, my God, yeah. Like that's a weird vibe. I agree because if there's conversation after the date, that's either going to go one of two ways. It either leads to a next date or it doesn't. Mm. And I think it's fine either way to be like, should we catch up again? Or, hey, that was nice meeting you, but I don't think this is going to go any further. But I I, I don't think there's a timeline for ghosting. I Mm. think you can ghost from the beginning. I mean, not on – I think on the apps there's – ghosting doesn't really apply because it's sort of the nature of it. Yeah, it's a bit transient. Yeah, like when you've made that effort to like move it to Instagram (laughs) or like get (laughs) someone's – See them in real life. Yeah, Yeah. I mean or even get someone's number and like make plans and then you don't contact them or you don't communicate, I would still qualify that as ghosting even if you haven't met up. Mm. It is a bit awkward though I think for a lot of people to to take that step and to write that message. It's like – we never want to hurt people's feelings, but you're right. Not saying something is often more hurtful than being like, hey, I thought you were ugly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or like, hey, I didn't really like you, you know. Your yeah. jokes are really bad. You yeah. Didn't make yeah. Me laugh, yeah. So, I mean, um... I've got that many, I've got that message so many times. <laughs> I think we've all gotten <laughs> the message, message and sent it. Yeah. And like the thing as well with online dating, it kind of increases and takes away that fear of rejection. Mm. Like, because as well, you're, that's literally what you're doing on dating apps. You're either rejecting people or accepting them and then waiting to see whether they accept you or reject you. Yeah. And it's just... It's a brutal, it's so brutal. world. It's Yeah, it's weird. It is. I think the term ghosting, though, is also thrown around a little bit too much. Like, mm, yeah. if she's calling that encounter ghosting to her friends... But also Is that why just dating? You, like, why are you talking yeah. to, about it to someone? Like, I know that it's their mutual friend, but... Like, shouldn't that be something that's kept separate? Yeah. yeah. So they're mutual friends, so don't talk badly. Yeah. 
rather than being like, yeah, it just didn't work because mm. you kind of have to accept a bit of responsibility in that. It's like, oh, well, it's his fault. He ghosted me. Yeah. I think it's also hard in dating, isn't it, to admit the fault. Mm-hmm. It's Because so, it's such a vulnerable thing. I think so too, but I think also in any relationship dynamic, whether you're online dating or in a marriage, it takes two to tango, baby, mm. or three or more. Depends on your relationship <laughs> whatever, whatever dynamic. Your but are. everyone holds an element of responsibility for that dynamic. So, for example, I'd be curious to know if she's willing to talk to her friends about the fact that she's been, inverted commas, ghosted. Why is it that she's not taken responsibility to message him and say, okay, just clarifying, is has this fizzled? Totally. Did he ghost her? I'm going to say no, he didn't ghost her. But he did make a good decision by sending a DM to us in an iClub. (laughs) (laughs) It might have fizzled in the moment because you had a busy week or you Mm. went away or whatever. But, like, he was actually going to message her and she sort of jumped the gun by bagging him out. Mm. I've been there. Like, I was messaging a guy and then he sent a message that was maybe like a one message. There was no question back. And I was like, "Mm, okay. Mm. like I'm. What am I going to say? Yeah, like, I'm not going to bother replying to that. Mm. And then went about you know, my life for like a week and then was like, oh, do you know what? Maybe I'll hang out with him again. Texted him and was like, do you want to hang out? Then went anyway, we hung out again. It's a dance, isn't it? Mm. Dating's a dance. Dango, darling. Yeah, it really is a dance, but actually that makes me think about the – it comes back to that idea of your expectations of people and the level of like availability that they should have for you emotionally, Mm -hmm. that they should constantly be messaging you, responding to you, you know, when really we're all – leading busy lives Mm -hmm. in this capitalist rat race that we're in. (laughs) So I once spoke to my therapist about this where I was just like, I feel like being on an online dating app is work. It feels like every time I go on, like I'm responding to emails, like, oh, my God, okay, so, yep, how was your day? Yep, how was – oh, yep, okay. Fully. And you're like, you're sending the same message to all of them. And it's all small talk, which I find really draining. Mm -hmm. So I think there's also an element of like you don't always have to be constantly available to people when you're online dating. I think we should all probably follow in your footsteps and be a bit kinder. Yeah, I guess my philosophy to online dating is to try and just be as kind and communicative Mm. as possible. And a lot of the time it's fine. Mm. Like when you send it and you're like, hey, thank you so much, I had a really fun time, but I just don't think we're, you know, on the same vibe. And they're like, yeah, no dramas, thanks. Like it was nice getting to know you as well. Yeah, Mm. and of every time I've done that, people have actually been like, thank you for letting me know where you're at. Mm. I really appreciate it. But I think it really is so simple to just be nice to people. Well, it sounds like you two have a lot to say about dating. <laughs> Should we crack on with the rest yes, of it? Yes, let's do it. Let's, let's do go. It. Um, right, so you both of you work with and talk to a lot of young people about dating. What do you find are some of the most common concerns or, or issues? I get a lot of young people being concerned about even setting up a profile, mm. being really insecure about the process of matching with people and then even knowing like what to say and how to talk to people online. Wow. Um, The other thing that's really common is navigating casual sex with new sexual partners and making sure that it's safe, that it's pleasurable. I'm so curious about the concern about setting up a profile. Is it like the guy in our DM said, like the, mm. the writing of it and the putting yourself out there? Or? Yeah. I think because it's such a reflective process, Yeah, you know, you have to consider, well, what photos do I think I look good in? Mm. But then also what's kind of uncomfortable about that process is you're looking at it from an observer's perspective. So you're not looking at a photo of yourself being like, I look cute. Or oh, that was a happy memory. That was a happy mm. memory. Yeah. That was a good time. 
it's also what do other people think of this photo and how how do I appear to them? Mm. What are they how are they going to perceive me? And I think that's incredibly anxiety provoking and inducing. Mm. On top of that, it's also like, you know how you have to put like prompts and information now about yourself. I find people get really insecure about, well, am I even interesting? <laughs> well, they're getting quite involved, aren't yeah. they? Hinge now is like, do a voice note about the funniest time really? you've ever done a funny it's like, thing. Do you need to <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so, how do you put your whole personality in like three sentences? But they're, they're, I mean there really is a craft to it though because a bad one is a bad one. Some yes. people are so good at it though. I know. Like I've seen some profiles I'm like great work. Yeah. Mine had a photo of Danny DeVito on it and I was like if that doesn't show you everything you need to know about me then I can't give you anything else. There you did go. Did it work? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's amazing. It was like the last one on the on <laughs> the like, thing. Yeah. Cleans up. Uh, what about you? What are the concerns or the things that people talk to you about? I think just how much pressure gets put on dating. Mm. So a really common thing that I found when speaking to especially young women is the anxiety they have, especially before a first date, of what if the conversation's awkward? What if, you know, we don't have anything in common? Like all these things that sit in your head make you so anxious that you just end up cancelling the date. That you make up something and you're like, oh, do you know what? I just won't go because you're so anxious about it. But what like I kind of try to speak to is when people feel that way is that dating is supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. Dating is supposed to be go, have a good time and if you don't, guess what? You don't have to do it again. Mm. Like you don't have to go on a second date if you don't want to. If you want to leave, you can. Mm -hmm. And if you have a great time, even better. We have this like saying on the potty that I do with my best friend that if it works out, great. If not, it's for the plot. So oh, like, I love that. Every, every bad date is a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, and even if it's a good date, it's a story. So yeah. like try to treat it as in like this is just a part of your main character narrative mm-hmm. going yes, on this date. I love that. And the other thing is that people get wrapped up in types. Mm. Like being like especially with, you know, dating profiles, you're judging a person by a si- like what, four or five photos. Mm. Hopefully one of them's Danny DeVito. <laughs> but like how can you kind of figure out who you're going to like from that? Um, I think the like concern and the awkwardness of dating comes because we're not taught how to do it mm. and it is really an awkward encounter. You're meeting someone that you've never met before. So do you have any tips for people when they're dating for the first time? I think try to go in with no expectation. I've done this before as well. I would probably get a little bit too ahead of the game when I was going on a date. Like I'd go on a date or maybe three dates with this person and then my mind would start to be like, could I move in with them? Do I think (laughs) that I could have a dog with them? Don't I? No. Do you know what? He cooked eggs weird, so I don't think he'd be a good dad. And I'm like just random things that don't matter at all because mm. you just get too ahead and you don't like enjoy the mm. moment mm. as it is. Is like I think that's a maturity thing, like a mm. dating maturity thing as well. It's like when you're younger, you're like thinking about all these silly things. And mm. then when you get to someone that's my age, you're like, they seem like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> the, the egg thing is like not a red flag so anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? like it's like, totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think when you first start dating, it is awkward and it's going to be awkward for, you know, a while. Yeah. Because I think everyone's dating journey is different. It's hard when you first start dating to even navigate it. So I think it's important to be compassionate with yourself around the process of just being like, okay, like it's not going to go perfectly. But something else that I think is really helpful when you first start dating is you don't need to know exactly what you're looking for. 
right? Because mm. well, you sure, have to try all of it. You've mm. got to taste everything, yeah. you know, have a little taste of all the different ice creams because that's a question that really bugs me if I'm online dating and someone's like, so what are you looking for on here? And I'm like, I don't know. It depends on the person. What are you offering? Yeah, because with you I'm looking for leaving this conversation <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> but with someone else it might be like, oh, it's not after, you know, it's not until we have a couple of dates that I'm like, oh, this could be something really fun exactly. or this could be something really serious or this could just be a fling, and you I know? I think if you're going into those dating encounters – being like, I'm looking for a relationship. Yeah. It's so not much pressure. Work. And so, so much, much pressure. pressure. Yeah. 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 I've been single for three years now. And it'll be like, oh, like, how come, like, you've been single? Which, oh, one, weird that. question to ask. Such a weird question. I'm like, that's the thing is, like, I haven't found anyone that makes me want to be in a relationship yeah. again. Yeah. That's that's better than the lifestyle I have as a single person. Exactly. Because <laughs> not going to lie, that one's really fun. It's good. Yeah. Like, yeah. That yeah. One's when people hard. ask that question, I'm like, you clearly have never been happy in single, which is concerning. Yeah. <laughs> or you, like, don't, you're not comfortable being alone. That's right. Um, when people come to you, how do you help them realise that they're ready to date? It depends on the person. It's rather subjective. But I'd be looking at the role of avoidance. Mm. So if someone's feeling... Like they want to date, but they're afraid to date. It's too anxiety provoking. They're scared that it's like they'll be rejected. That's when I'm going to take them through like a bunch of psycho ed around avoidance where I'll be like, the, essentially, the more you avoid something, the scarier it gets, right? So if you mm. keep avoiding dating, it's going to become more daunting. So for some people who needed help around dating, we do things where we would just say, Let's agree to set up a profile together and the next step might be you're going to go do some scouting of bars in your area that you feel comfortable going on dates with but take your friend at first and then the next thing is to just go on like five dates in the month. Wow. And just or more or less, whatever, but like just match with people and go on a date. You don't have to like them. It's just the process of like going out with someone and like talking Mm. to them and talking about yourself as well right? and just this like taking the pressure away from it being a sense of like, oh, I have to meet someone and then be in a relationship mm. but rather just like meeting people, mm. you know. Mm. That's where I kind of start with them. And when they're ready, when they're no longer avoidant, that's when they're ready. Well, yeah, I, d- I think it definitely helps to be mm. not so avoidant mm. because when they're ready is really up to them. Once they're ready to date, do you have any dating etiquette? I think it's like it's interesting because everyone, kind of like what you were saying before as well, everyone's got different expectations of Mm. what they want and who Mm. they are in relationships. Some people like texting all day. Some people like like one phone call a week and it is tricky. But I think just kind of treating it as if you would if you were hanging out with a friend is the simplest way that I would go about it and how I kind of try to put my headset in it as being like, just be on time. If like text afterwards. Mm. I have a rule with first dates with complete strangers, which is I actually say, considering we're complete strangers and I've only really seen photos of you, let's just catch up as friends. Like we'll just meet up in a friendly way. And oh, if cool. we have a vibe, we can then choose to go on a first date together. I like mm. that. Yeah. So my first like meetups are usually super casual, like walk the dog, get a coffee, like nothing, no sitting down and having to eat together. Absolutely mm. not. <laughs> oh, I'm never signing up for a meal. Yeah, no, nah. never. And that actually helps with the communication, right? Because mm. if I go, if I set the boundary of like, okay, I just want it to be friendly when we meet up, 
um, I can kind of say, this was nice, but I don't really want to go on a date, right? It's so much easier for me to manage the expectations rather than meeting up with a complete stranger for the first time and it being a first date, there's so much pressure. And there's that awkward like linger at the end, like are we going to kiss? And I'm like, no, don't (laughs) touch me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, But how do you go about asking people for the non-date date? Mm. Are people receptive of that? I do it online. So, like, if you're chatting on... But are you saying, I don't want to go on a date with you, but will you come on a friendly date with me? Oh, sorry, I understand. Yeah, I think it's helpful if you're unsure of someone. Mm. Um, This is, for example, if I don't have mutual friends with the person, I'll definitely set this boundary in place because I just don't know what to expect. Someone can be super cute on their profile and then you just meet them in person and, like, their energy, you're just like, it's just not, Mm -hmm. you know... The way I'll do it is online is like if we've got a bit of back and forth and it's kind of moving toward the direction of, oh, like we should catch up, I'll say that's fine, I'd love to catch up, but how about we catch up platonically, just kind of vibe each other and then if it is a vibe, we can decide to go on a date. Mm. Uh, That's how I usually set the boundary. Most people are pretty open to that. I think Mm. I had one person who was just like, what, that's so weird. And I was like, great, I'm just going to like weed you out. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah, That's a really nice way to set a boundary for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I have a similar thing, well, not anymore, but back when I was a serial dater, where I would like say to someone, yes, we let's get a drink, but I'm meeting my friends for dinner afterwards. Oh, yes, and that's if it good. was A time boundary. If, yeah, if it was a good date, I'd be like, I'm just going to cancel my friends and stick around. Yes. And if it was a bad date, I'd be like, oh, well, I've got, got to go really to dinner. Go. Yeah. <laughs> there was a sort of a limit to your time with that person. That's right. So that's a really good time boundary. Um, I usually do that on first dates too. But it is quite nice to set a time boundary and then find yourself wanting to wanting to extend and like yeah, it's it's quite nice. I think Um, it's good to put a time boundary on it anyway as well because that way you can leave wanting more. mm. Like obviously, if you do want to stay, stay if you're having Mm. a good time. But by leaving, being like, I do actually have to go. That person's left wanting more. You're left wanting more, and you're going to be really excited to see each other the next time. I agree with that. That's a good point. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm a little (laughs) bit concerned that like maybe the younger generation is a bit more wary of online dating because they're like IRL dating doesn't really exist anymore. You Mm. can't go out to a venue and meet someone. I think it's very rare to meet people through friends, and I think that like there is a joy and a magic to online dating because mm. you're discovering people that aren't in your circle. Mm. They, they're people that you – there's positives to the uh, – like how dating has become online. Yeah. See, I think the broad spectrum of humans that you have access to with online dating is is part of what stresses me out mm. because it, it you're matching with people that really the only thing you're connecting over is the fact that you find each other physically attractive. Or they've written something funny. Yeah, or they've written something funny, but that's curated, you mm. know. Mm. To be funny, like IRL, in the moment, mm. like is a very different thing to if you've been sitting there thinking over how do I be funny for other people. Yeah. Um, speaking of problematic things, uh, what are some things that we should look out for when we're online dating? Oh, if they ask you to come over on a first date immediate, like as the first date, being like, oh, why don't you just come to mine? Because it's just like take the person out, like go out, Mm. enjoy something together, even if it's going for a walk. Mm. Because like if that person's asking you to come over, especially if you haven't met them, one, that's not very safe. And two, like the the first date stage is the exciting part. Like that's the part where you Mm. get to go out and, Mm. you know, like 
once you're a few dates and you go for dinner and you go for drinks or maybe you go to an arcade, whatever your spiel is, like that's the part where it's supposed to be fun. So if a guy's ever like, oh, like why don't you come to mine and we'll get like a bottle of wine, I'm like, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah, see, I've done that before. The first date we had with my ex-boyfriend, the first date we had, he said, come to my house Mm. and then we'll go somewhere. And I immediately, I think also when you are – like a woman or female identifying in this society, your safety anxiety yeah, just like kicks in and mm. you're like, I, you just have been conditioned not to turn up to strange men's houses mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll like give it a go. I turned up, it was very innocent. He just was like grabbing a bottle of wine and a picnic basket and then he took me for a picnic with like views over the harbour and it was so romantic. <laughs> I think... Look, I, I agree though, like these days I wouldn't do that again. Mm. I always want to meet in a public place. Yeah. I was wanting to know um, some warning signs that people should look out for. I think one for me yeah. is when people don't put in the same level of effort. Mm, like even if it's on a even if it's on a text, if you find that you're the one that's always saying, Hey, how was your day? Mm. Hey, do you wanna it's like I think it's a warning sign in terms of like their commitment to you, but also like I know that I'm now going to start feeling shit about myself. And, like, different people need different levels of effort. So if that's happening, you already know that you're probably not compatible. Because some people might need, like, a level four effort and then some people might need, like, a level seven. Yeah. Things that I feel like are little red flags are when on a dating profile when people are, like, looking for a girl that's smart and hot and can cook. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Zero personality. Yeah, I'm just like, who the hell are you to request all of this of one person? And, like, what are you bringing to the table? You know, I just think to have a really rigid criteria for dating, Mm. that's a bit bit of a red flag for Mm. me because obviously we're also varied and we're good at different things Mm. and it's like... And it's not the 1950s. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. How can we communicate with partners about our expectations when we are dating them? Like say we're like two or three dates in. Yeah. Any tips on how to be better at communicating? I think we can always be better, right? Definitely. I think firstly communication is something that our culture doesn't encourage enough of. Mm. However, I'm out here trying to walk my talk. So a client of mine introduced me to this acronym for dating to help with communication. And it's very, it's spicy. It's R-B-D-S-M. So, but it has nothing to do with kinks. Okay. I've got a bit excited. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. (laughs) But essentially the R stands for relationship. So um, with this acronym, you use it in a conversation. I did it on a third date with the person I'm currently seeing and it was really fun. Mm -hmm. I had a really good time. I was nervous, but it was fun. So R is for relationships. What kind of relationships are current in your life that affect our dynamic. And you're bringing these, you're asking these questions of the other person. Yeah. yeah okay. Or like I'll I'll take them through the acronym, but we both answer it. Okay. So he, he, like, for example, he might, your partner might say, oh, look, I have just gone through a breakup and I'm still sort of processing that. But And for example, with this person that I was on a date with, I was like, I actually have a sex friend that I see casually and that's a relationship that I want you to be aware of. Yeah, so that was how I kind of spoke about relationships. The B is around boundaries. What kind of boundaries do I have? So I think also remembering there are so many different kinds of boundaries you can have. It could be a time boundary like, look, I'm not great on my phone. I'm probably not going to respond to your texts like as you're messaging me. Mm. I might get back to you at the end of the day. That's just a boundary I have as a busy person. Or my boundary might be emotionally. It's really important that you that we check in about how we're feeling around this um, and that we're honest, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the boundary might be. 
Um, the next one is D for desires. What kind of things do we want to happen here? So this gave us a chance to talk about the kind of like sexual intimacy we wanted to experience and what do we feel safe with and what what needs to happen for us to explore this safely. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the S, which is sexual health. So that gives people an opportunity to talk about what contraception they might be on, what safer sex practices need to happen, you know, HSV or HIV status. Um, it, it can be anything related to your sexual health. It just gives you an opportunity to be like, how's your sexual health? This mm. is my sexual This is when I last got tested. And then the M is for meaning. So what is the meaning of this relationship dynamic? Is it that we want something casual? Is it that you're kind of, you know, on the th- third date or so, you're like, oh, I'm kind of starting to like you. Like maybe I want something more. Mm. Um, but that's essentially the acronym I use to communicate. And I found that structure super helpful. Right. That scares me a bit. <laughs> okay. Because it, it feels how would so like, formal. Yeah. I know it can feel kind of structured, but it doesn't have to like, you don't have to be like, okay, ah, and now the B. Like it's, yeah. it's almost just like reference points mm. in a conversation that I think can happen naturally if you both agree, let's have a bit more of a intentional conversation about this. Mm. I think it's definitely something that I could take your advice on because I just go through dating not talking about it. Mm. <laughs> I <I'm> think <laughs> you and everyone else though. I know. It's such an awkward thing to talk about your feelings. I know. Yeah, it's so it's being vulnerable. Yes. It's being vulnerable because as well we're so scared stranger. of rejection. I think Alexis Preda, she's got her own podcast and she just wrote a book on like the neuroscience of self-love mm. and she said this statement that was like, Imagine being rejected for not being yourself when you could have just been yourself and been rejected. Like, wouldn't you rather be rejected being yourself Hate knowing that you, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? If you're not going to like, not like me, not like me. Yeah. Not, yeah. Don't like. Not the fake me that I created for you. Exactly. And I yeah. think you don't that's put probably the best dating there. advice though is like if you're trying to fulfill you know, these dating milestones because your friends are doing it or you're mm. trying to go dating so you can lose your virginity because your friends are doing it. Like, it's never going to work. A hundred percent. Like, if you're just yourself and it doesn't work out, the next one might, you and know. I think that's why I bother doing this kind of stuff, setting boundaries, communicating endlessly is because it's just me. I like to mm. communicate. And I'm also a bit of a demisexual, which means that I can't, I mean, I used to be able to do this in my early 20s, just look at someone and be like, great, let's head to the bedroom. These days I need emotional connection. I need intellectual connection. What about when you've transitioned to another app like Instagram or your your iMessage and then there's this like picture exchange conversation that comes up? Because there's two like, you know, you could be casually dating for sex or you could be casually dating for romance and love. And, like, that's a really tricky thing to navigate, I guess, Mm. if you don't know what the other person's intentions are. Mm. I think you definitely need a level of trust there. Mm. It's probably personally not something that I would engage in unless I had dated the person for a little while or got to know them a little bit. Mm. But as well, like, if you're going to be, you know, sending photos back and forth, you need to be able to trust that person Mm. and also making sure that there's like a level of consent there as well. I think as well, like women, we never really think that we need consent to send like an explicit picture, but we also do need that being like, oh, I'd like to send you a little cheeky something right now. Would you enjoy that? Is And also that message will probably get them really excited as well. So having that level of open communication. Yeah. And then if they send something or say that to you and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to engage back with that, that's also something to communicate. Mm. No one's going to 
like crucify you for not being ready to do that. Mm. And if they do, that's exactly what you need to know that you don't need to be engaging with that person anymore. See, I feel weird about being asked for nudes. Mm. Mm. Like I think that's where your point about trust is super important. If someone's like, oh, hey, like why don't you send me a sexy photo? I'm like, go away. Yeah, I feel (laughs) like when a guy's like, oh, send me something, I'm like, ew, no. Yes, and I think it actually plays it, – it sort of feeds into, like, foreplay mm. and context oh, building. I think as well, like, boundaries on dates, especially, like, there's that age-old question of, like, do you sleep with the person on the first date mm. and whether or not that's the right or the wrong thing to do. But the biggest boundaries, if you're like, oh, especially in heterosexual relationships but also homosexual relationships, be like, oh, do you have a condom? And they're like, oh, no, I don't have one. Yeah, so safe sex practices yeah. when dating, super important. Mm. I think so many people have like a this sense of like, oh, it's someone new, like I don't want to be difficult, mm. I don't want to like ruin the mood, but I really think it's so important and that's why the communication so important ahead of time to be like, hey, I'm not on contraception so we need to use a condom or – or I want to use a condom anyway because you're a complete stranger and when was your last, last STI exactly. check? Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so much to discuss there to make sure everyone's also, safe. people could lie. Like 100%. people, like, people yeah. can lie being like, oh, no, I got tested two weeks ago. Yeah, Like true. when it's a stranger, you don't know. If they're like, no, it's fine, but you've communicated like, no, I want to use a condom. They're like, no, it's fine. I just got an STI. No. I just realised how crazy dating is. But it's fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Like how fun is a good date? No, it is fun. Dating is yeah. super fun. Also, it's a really yeah. fun way to like see and do things in your city that like, oh, a new bar's opened up. Yes. Mm. You know, things that your friends might not be interested in, like going to Holy Moly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or just learning something <laughs> new about yourself, like things that you might not have known that like you liked or found funny or have ever experienced before and doing that in a dating space. I think also like as someone from the country, back to our point of like you now have this like plethora of strange people in your universe that you never would have had, like – that's something that is exciting to me about uh, dating is yeah. that like coming from a, a town that was so small to suddenly being like I could talk to anyone from any background mm. and like there's no there's like no expectation. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could you can go on a date with someone just to meet them. That's true. You don't you don't have to sleep with them or like mm. them. Yeah. You know, you can just go out there and meet people and experience a whole bunch of, you know, new and exciting ideas. And I think it's somewhat normal for our generations now because back in the day they used to be like social dances like every Friday and you would like in a, you'd be in a smaller community so you'd meet friends of friends and you'd have more dinner parties and I think also what's really impacted dating is COVID. Mm. Everything oh, yeah. is online now and it's so much harder so I think it's great to kind of utilise it as a resource of like meeting completely new people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you might end up just making a friend as well. Exactly. Like totally. you, even if it doesn't go anywhere, you might end up actually becoming really good friends. <laughs> I was just about to say, you never know who you're going to meet. But that sounds a little bit sinister. <laughs> 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 Thank you both for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Well, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. Our first date, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So Don't talk fun. to your friends about me. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. What are my red flags? Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, that's another episode of Talking Frank done and dusted. Thank you for listening, as always. Thank you to the young man who shared his story through the DM. And, of course, thank you to Alex and Alex for joining us. If you want more information, you can go to frank.org.au or give the Family Planning Australia talk line a buzz or I've popped some extra information in the show notes below. 
To be frank, though, I think it's time we all got back on the horse and went out on a date.